welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Mr. Doyle, welcome back to Blue Collar BS for the week. What's going on, Brad? Not much, sir. So I know we've been struggling from time to time to come up with topics. How about if today we tackle the topic of why manufacturing and trades and industrial type jobs are not attracting those 21 to 18 year old entry Gen Z kids and even the tail end of the millennial group, why they're not coming into a place where there's such a need for employment. (laughs) that's a great topic for today for sure so let's start there so why is it that a 22 year old kid male or female doesn't want to go work in that tool and die shop or for that construction firm or for the widget manufacturer why don't they want to go there so your thoughts so when we walk them into that environment let's just set the stage what does that environment look like optically when you walk somebody through the doors there? Well, the good thing is it's not as dark, dirty, and dangerous as it used to be. That has been cleaned up significantly, at least here in Southeastern Wisconsin. Okay. Conception one, it's dark, dirty, dingy. Dangerous. And dangerous. Dangerous from the standpoint of you want me to do what with my hands? On that machine there? Yes, I do. (laughs) You mean to tell me that right now it appears we're setting the stage for, let's just say we're walking into any machine shop and we're walking in there with just a graduate just out of high school. We're walking through, we have openings. We're looking for general laborers, potential CNC operators, you know, running, running mills, running lathes. What could go wrong with hiring somebody that's fresh out of high school, potentially going into a trade school to do this? What could potentially, what would be a potential setback for somebody walking into an environment like that? First one is lack of acceptance. We don't want you here. We don't want to babysit you. We don't want to teach you what we know. Right. So we, so we've got that. And there's, there's two things on either side of that. There's the perception of babysitting, you know, so there's a perception of the workforce inside the facility, looking at this, quote unquote, snot nosed little kid that knows everything about everything that doesn't want to get their hands dirty, that they've got to babysit. On the other side, we have a person that's walking in going, well, how am I supposed to do that? And I actually have to physically do manual labor to pick this stuff up, pick, pick this chunk of steel up, put it inside the lathe, set up the machine. And that's what I'm paying you for. And, you know, apartment, you know, I'm responsible for making this part come out. And when I open up the door, there's all this cutting fluid all over the place. I may get dirty and oh, wait, if the, if a tool breaks, now I have to climb in this machine. And your point, I'm still confused, (laughs) right? I'm still confused, (laughs) Steve. Help me understand where are you going? So how am I supposed to do this when I don't even, you know, I want to go sit in the front office and I want to tell these people what to do because I'm management material. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I know better than that for you, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> right. But, but let's just back that up. 
for someone that's coming in right out of high school with like, you want me to do this. And I have been told my whole life that I don't need to do that. There's other people that will do that. I want to work in the front office. Okay. And you can do that for $9 an hour, or you can make $14 an hour out here. Choice is yours. Right. So let's, so we've got these quote unquote misconceptions. And while they're misconceptions, these are true everyday things that one people are thinking on both sides of the fence. But also, is there also a lack of drive and motivation? I don't think so. I think there's a lack of of showing the path forward. And we've touched on this in some of our previous conversations on the loyalty aspect and the willingness to learn. And the learning style is different. I was just on a networking call earlier today. She had a meeting with some an HR professional. And they're like, we have to have four different sets of onboarding instructions for the various generations of people. I can't bring a boomer in and say, hey, do all this stuff on your phone and sign off and watch these videos. They need the binder, the tactile binder. Yeah. Sign off on this. I need the pages. I want to read all this. I want to look at it. You give that same binder to a Z or a you know younger age millennial, they're going to be okay. They're not going to read through half of it. They're going to skim through it. They're going to be bored off their butt, get any value out of it. So at least that particular organization recognized the differences from the onboarding side of it. Right. The issue still becomes what's the path? How do I go from that $14 an hour to the $45 an hour that Billy over there who's been here 35 years? And if 35, right. if 35 years is the answer, I'm not signing up for that. What's the interim play in the first three to five years? Right. And, and most organizations aren't even set up to even talk like that. Most are set up for that. Hey, long-term, hey, if you... You know, you do well and you you work hard over here. You can aspire to, you know, go from $15 to, you know, when you're 55, 60, 65, you, hey, maybe you get to 35 bucks an hour. Cushy it's, job. Time, it, it's time on seat. It's time in seat versus performance. Right. That's where I think the large issues become. It's a problem to be able to say, hey, um, I'm out producing George over there. I'm making far less scrap. And we've talked about this before, the wisdom versus execution, right? I'm, the right. guy that's been there forever has the wisdom, the knowledge, the know-how of the organization, of the one job that comes in every four years. If you don't do the one thing correct, you've just scrapped $75,000. Correct. We didn't change the drawings. Or we didn't change the routing because, shit, that's, that's a lot of work and effort. We only run this once every four years. Let's not worry about it. Right. We've talked about this before, right? Working with the robotics kids. There are so many eager young adults that want to get into industry, but they have no clue how to get there. Yeah, we don't give them a clear path. We don't give them a path. We don't give them a route. We don't give them the opportunity to come in and see. We don't, you know, you go to all these industrial parks and it's like, well, no trespassing, no soliciting, no, none of this. Don't come talk to us. Don't be here. But yet got job openings all over the place. Right. Looking for this, looking for that. Oh, but don't come in. I don't want to talk to you. You're too young. How do you know what I did or didn't do? You're judging me. You're judging me based off the cover that I bring to the table. Yep. And you haven't even had a conversation. And that judgment of character, that judgment of people, the judgment of of generations, it's bullshit. And it, it can't happen in order for the industries to survive. Yeah, there's no more quote unquote job fairs where companies are opening their doors to say, hey, yeah, we've got job openings and we want you to come in to see how well we work. 
back in the, I remember back in the late eighties, um, even mid eighties going to different shops here in, in mid Michigan, actually going into metal fab in Flint where GM would open their doors. They would have, uh, I, I forget, I forget what it was because it was a, a, a few years ago. Some cells have died since then. <laughs> yep. But I remember families bringing in their kids and showing them what it was like to work there and that, Hey, we have openings. If you are interested, this is the type of work that you would be doing. And it wasn't, you know, Hey, in 40 years, you could be like your parents or your grandparents. It was more, this is what we're looking for. This is what the opportunities are. This is what we're offering. And it wasn't just a job. It was more of a, a lifestyle. Exactly. A brand, a, a journey, a pride, a sense of, of being, yeah. And none of that exists anymore. Well, I'm going to disagree. It does exist. It's just different, right? The, the sense of being and the sense of connection is very different today than it was, you know, for my parents and myself growing up. You took pride in what you did and what you accomplished. Right. Now it's the sense of community and what can we accomplish as a unit That's, and the collaboration yes. and those things. It's different. It may seem wishy-washy and touchy-feely and hell yeah, it does. You know, par- <laughs> participatory. Here, get everybody a ribbon. It's a different mindset, and if you can create that feeling of community and that sense of purpose, you're going to bring people in, especially on the younger side, because they're going to want to be there. Yeah, they they they're missing that whole sense of community right now, especially with people with their doors closed. But yet, I've got an ad in the paper. I've got an ad online. Hey, I got an ad on Craigslist. Indeed, Craigslist, the big sign out in front, you know, telling TikTok, everybody, TikTok, telling everybody and everybody that, hey, we got job openings. We're looking for we're looking for good people. I hate that term because all you're doing is disqualifying every human being potentially because right. you're really targeting a plug and play versus truly being open to improving your roster of, of staff and looking at it from a long-term sustainability perspective. You don't want to do the work. Right. To bring in somebody that needs to be taught. Yeah. It's just very frustrating. It's just very, very frustrating to watch and disappointing. And I know there are a few organizations and as we go and continue to try to find organizations to interview going forward, I hope we can find some that have a significant portion of, you know, 24 and younger or 25 and younger as part of their workforce. One of the other things that I think is important to note, because we're talking about those gaps and bringing them in to the workforce. One of the big gaps though is also the culture of you need to go to a four-year university that's being publicly pushed heavily right now, especially here in Southeast in Michigan, where they're now giving complimentary entry into universities if you don't have a degree right now for a four-year degree. Well, you know why that is, right? Go for it. Explain it. So there was in 2018, I read an article. So the the grad schools have seen double digit declines of percentage of applications. The value of education has decreased tremendously because of the antiquated and antique learning styles that the institutions have ingrained themselves in. Yep. And the pandemic that has hit the institutions is the implosion of education in the U.S., 
and people looking and going, well, why do I need to go spend $160,000 over four years when I can just Google a lot of things and I can go to work and maybe somebody else will pay for me to get specific and unique training. And I can go back to the school of hard knocks and the school of life and bring in practical application versus technical application. Cause we have the technical people in our organizations to teach some of that. Now, not every position you're able to do that with. You're not going to take an engineer, a kid from high school and say, Oh, by the way, you're going to be my degreed engineer. Yeah, e, Algebra, right. Algebra is basics math skill. That's not going to happen. Right. Cause they're just not going to be able to perform the tasks required. The higher education component is crumbling upon itself here in uh, Wisconsin, the university of Wisconsin. At one point, the ratio of employees that included student employees, one employee for like two and a half students. Really? Wow. Pretty low. It's ridiculous. The number of employees that the university has and things like that. So Uh you start, look, you start looking at how the money gets spread and what's all going on and the value of the education. Most are going for the experience, not for the education today. Right. So it's, it's interesting, maybe another topic, but are we devaluing that education by saying, Hey, here's complimentary education. You know, we want you to enroll. But what we're also sending a clear message though, is that we're not sending a message that, you know, you should also enroll in trades. There's not a hard push for people to even remotely think about trades. It's starting to transition, at least here in our community, we've got enough, enough organizations that have been talking about it. And we're starting to see a trend of the conversation. Part of that is you have the folks of, of your age to the tail end of the X, whatever, <laughs> um, the older right. millennial tail end of X, where yeah. their kids are starting to see college as opportunity. But you still may be paying down student loans. You don't want that for your kids. You don't want them to go through that same burden of potentially saying, oh, Hey, uh, it's been 18 years and I'm still paying off my student loans. You don't want that on your, on your kids for what value? Cause you've recognized that it might've been fun and it was great. And it got me what I did, but it's not necessarily needed in today's environment anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We actually just had that conversation with my daughter. Well, who is not of college age yet, not even of high school age yet. The discussion of paying for education and paying for a higher education and the standpoint of, well, if you want to go in and do um, work in construction, you want to go in and work in these areas, by all means. Doesn't mean that you have to go to a four-year university, get a an engineering, accounting, you know, some kind of scientific degree. It doesn't matter as long as you're happy. Exactly. As long as you're happy. I was fortunate enough to have both my kids work in different shops when they were in high school for summer, summer jobs and things like that. And very grateful that they had those opportunities because they had the chance to, to see and feel and touch. Both of them got involved in college with different programs. Uh, my oldest was in a design program. So working different machines on the carpenter side and metalworking and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. And my younger one started on the Baja team and design build fly team at Kansas and running machines and doing design work and making parts. They enjoyed getting their hands dirty, but it wasn't the career path they want, right? It was a hobby more so than a career right. or a passion. But you touched on something that is also interesting and is an opportunity for employers to look at is think of those kids that are on, on those high school teams. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of those actually get a quote unquote high school co-op job working at those co- at companies that are looking to specifically hire that talent? 
uh, less than one half of 1%. Exactly. Almost none. <laughs> right. <laughs> so imagine how things could be different if they were offered the opportunity to come look around and because most aren't. And that is the unfortunate part that they, they are not even offered the opportunity because they're viewed as, oh, I've got to babysit them. And even in high school, different high schools, especially around here in Southeast Michigan, they have programs for co-ops, but most of them are in office spaces, not in manufacturing spaces. And yes, there are some rules with OSHA and things like that, but it all can be worked out. So locally here, we have three or four different schools that have still have shop classes and have some pretty elaborate resources available to them where they've actually started companies inside the school mm-hmm. to, to build and do things as third-party resources for different organizations. What's been interesting to watch, particularly locally for me, you have educators mm-hmm. trying to facilitate that environment to run a business And still trying to make sure it fits the curriculum, (laughs) the opportunity (laughs) to say, hey, in order to say we've been state accredited in doing these things, that that mix match of of what's required from the education side of it versus what's really needed from the practical application to go to work side of it is very, very different. And the practices and the behaviors and what safety is and is not those habits, those things. That's where I see the disconnect is there's a disconnect between education and industry. Yep. They're trying, they're working on it. Some districts are much more successful at it than others. Right. But it's been an interesting thing to watch and go forward. And so there's hope for me to say there's a a plethora of students that want to come into industry, but again, who's showing them the path on where to go? Comes the, my dad or my uncle or my brother knows this person who's looking for somebody. Yep. Versus a, hey, this is where everybody goes because we don't have those conglomerates, the Busiruses of the world, the GMs of the world, the, hey, let's all go to the AO Smiths. Those types of places are few and far between Mm -hmm. where you've got four or 5,000 employees in a manufacturing environment. No, you, so now that is being diluted into three or 400 person environments. And now you got to weed through all of that stuff and that all of them are on the same page of what's acceptable, not acceptable. So let's, let's kind of change a little direction here and let's talk about, yes, there's gaps with, with getting millennials in, but the one thing we really haven't talked about is once they're in or keeping them, (laughs) right? Let's not even talk about once they're in what there, there's just the negative connotation or the negative notion, the negative feeling around bringing in this younger workforce, just the sheer desire, the want of, Hey, I want somebody to come in with five to 15 years of experience, but I want to pay them new higher wages. Right. So they're automatically even discount, discredited coming in the gate because everybody wants people with experience. They don't want to spend the time truly to develop them, develop their own internal community. They immediately get shut down at the door because they don't have, well, you've never done this before and we're not here to teach you mentality. Because right, I haven't built an infrastructure to support bringing somebody without what I'll call Seasoned experience versus desire and knowledge comes back to, do you hire for skills or skills and knowledge or do you hire for attitude? So many industrial facilities are missing out on hiring people because they're trying to hire for skills and knowledge and they're not getting the right attitudes. And then you get an absolute crap show of an HR Ferris wheel of, of events going on in your HR department, if you have one. 
Yeah. And that right there is a key point is the whole thing on hiring because I want somebody with a certain skill set. They don't have it versus just hiring somebody that has the right attitude. They're going to show up. They're going to do the work. Yes, they can. And sticking alongside them. All right. Teach them how to fish. They want to learn how to eat. They want to learn how to fish. Teach them how to fish. So one of our mentors at our from our robotics team, he's seasoned wire EDM guy, worked for a couple different places. He would get our students, the ones that were interested in to kind of work over the summer. And he's actually gotten a couple kids working full time now uh, in various different places because they that's what they wanted to do to start. Will they all stay working on machines? Probably not. Will some of them have the aptitude that want to go and get their you know, manufacturing engineering degree and be more of a process person than an actual machine tool and making chips? Probably, but that's all good. They're still in, they're still in the industry. They still have knowledge. They still have the ability to say, hey, if I got to go run some overtime, yeah, go run the machine because yep. they're capable because they know. And it's going to make them a better manufacturing engineer because they know because they actually did it. They know that if I design and put this hole over here, I can't do that because otherwise I got to back face it. And that's going to cost me a fortune of time and energy. So right. how about we don't do it that way? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting them in, keeping them and providing an opportunity for engagement is really important. And, and the owner's got to be willing to put the work in. And if they don't recognize the value of having a system to recruit and retain young talent or any talent for that matter, to bring them on board them, no matter what level of experience, that's a shame because they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage when they come time to sell or transfer that business. Exactly. Well, Brad, it was a great conversation today on, you know, what is preventing and what are some things that we can do with the potentials of workforce coming in, coming people coming into the workforce today. Thanks for uh, bringing that topic to light. Yeah, not a problem. It's one that won't go away anytime soon. That's for sure. No, so. And I know we're going to be bringing <laughs> guests in to talk about this further. So <laughs> absolutely. All right, my friend. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep Blue Collar Businesses strong for generations to come.